0: For joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. Enhance and equip yourself with this powerful sermon on how to live with supernatural empowerment. As a believer, the complexities of life will require a higher dimension of spiritual understanding. This message will empower you with the practical and prayer strategies to overcome the enemy's devices and strengthen. Your Spiritual Lifestyle. Gain capacity with the Archbishop's new book, Understanding the Prophetic Ministry. Get your copy today at ndwministries.org. Know today that this is God's word of empowerment for you. Be strengthened as you listen.
1: I'm declaring and proclaiming and giving you a prescription that I believe is sustainable. Because I was telling Bishop, I said, Bishop, don't you realize that every year when we finish our 21 days and our 30 days, the spiritual climate in the church goes down. People become weary, tired, exhausted, and their spirituality begins to go down. And a lot of things begin to go. And I said, I have a revelation. And I realized when Jesus fasted 40 days and 49, how Satan went to Jesus. And tempted him. And after that, the Bible said, and Satan left Jesus for a season. And I said, whenever we do those long fastings, the enemy just withdraws the demons and they go on a cruise. To just allow us to do those 40 days, 30 days, 21 days. And after that, we call it demonic comeback and reinforcement and they come at us in many, many ways to spiritually incapacitate and demobilize us. Because some of the 21 days and 30 days, they are not sustainable and not everybody does it. So the enemy is striking, taking life, killing. A sister had a surgery, a brain tumor surgery, and she survived it. Then. She got well. She went for a walk in her community. While she was walking, a car drove into her and knocked her and killed her. She survived the brain tumor surgery. But the enemy that sought her life, made demands and claims over her life, did not relent. And still went after her. Don't ask me where is God and what happened. There's a possibility the Holy Spirit gave someone a bedding to pray. There's a possibility that she herself had intuitions in her spirit that she felt something. But we have allowed prophets and people who pray for us and following all kinds of prayer meetings. So we have been desensitized. We have been learned to develop our spirit and to have a personal relationship with God for ourselves and to be led by the spirit ourselves. We don't have a personal prayer life, always running all over the place, following people and letting people pray for us without having a personal prayer life. So, when even the Spirit is prompting us, we can't hear, we can't follow His directions. And the enemy is having a field day because we are living spiritual lives that are not sustainable. I entitled my message. Living by the supernatural or returning to the supernatural. This walk is a supernatural walk. It's a supernatural life. If you live in the natural, if you live by logic, by philosophy, by your five senses, you will not make it. I'm telling you, you will make it. And if you want to maintain the upper hand to the end until Jesus comes, then it's time. It's time to live a supernatural life. It's time to stop eating seven days in a week. It's time to live a spiritual life that is sustainable and I submit to you that at least eat five days a week and fast twice a week. And I'm submitting to the house that every Wednesday and Friday on further notice, we want to fast and we want to pray. And we want to gather and have communion until further notice. Every Wednesday and Friday. We want to come together and fast and pray. And I want to walk away from those 21 days, 30 days long fastings of bread. They are not sustainable. Because after that, things go down. And a lot of believers have been taken for granted that fasting twice a week and eating five days a week will make you more spiritual than carnal. These seven days a week of eating every day, Monday to Monday, Monday to Monday, it makes you carnal. You can't be spiritual. You can't be sensitized. You are desensitized. Your flesh is becoming stronger and stronger is your spirit is becoming weaker and weaker. I am calling for spiritual men and women and men and women who are determined and ready to, to live a new spiritual lifestyle. Whatever spiritual lifestyle you are maintaining is not sustainable, and that's why spiritually you are weak, and the enemy is fully with you. And I'll show you why the enemy is gaining advantage over believers. Come with me to Ephesians 6:18. Pray Ephesians always
2: 18. with all prayer and supplication in Pray the praying three
1: times a day. No, sir. Praying every now and then. No, sir. Pray when you are in trouble. Pray when you feel it. But pray what? Always. Always. Say always. always. Always means everywhere, anytime. For men ought to always to pray and not to faint. Pray without season. That means you are praying at all times. Praying everywhere with all prayers and petition and intercession. In the spirit, not in your mind. Not by your emotions, not by logic, not by your flesh,
2: but in the spirit. Go ahead, watch it. And watching thereunto with all perseverance. Watching, watching. What does it mean to watch?
1: Stay awake when others are slumbering. When others are asleep, be on your watch. Be on your watch. Don't relax. For it is written. Woe to them that sit at ease in Zion. Those who are relaxed in the church. Yeah, Leaning on the arm of the flesh, thinking they have arrived, they are okay. So they take spirituality for granted. We are dealing with a world that is controlled by the supernatural. This whole world is controlled by the supernatural, not by logic, not by philosophy, I will show you civilizations that have come and gone like the Roman Empire, the Egyptian empires and kingdoms, the Babylonian kingdoms, the Grecian empire, like the nation of Greece, and the Persian empire, these people, I'll show you, were spiritual people. They understood that the supernatural controls the natural. I was telling them I was in a country some few months ago and this Jewish millionaire met me through a friend of mine and we're talking, he said, Archbishop, I've heard a lot about you and I like you. And I said, thank you. And he said, wait a minute, my rabbi wants to speak to you. So he put his rabbi on FaceTime and the rabbi was, talking to me, he greeted me, I greeted him and said, nice meeting you, and we talked. Then after, I don't know what they said, they spoke in Hebrew. And then he said to me, my rabbi likes you a lot. And he said, you carry a lot of favor and you're a spiritual man and I should stay connected with you. And I said, thank you. But later, I thought about it and I said, look at this guy. With all his sophistication and his money and wealth and deep pockets." He won't do business with you unless he consult his spiritual man, unless he consults his rabbi. For us, we do everything with our natural senses. We are using philosophy, logic, because I went to Yale, Harvard, Princeton, Cambridge, Oxford. We lean on the arm of flesh. Wise people who control this world, they operate by the supernatural. You think China has become a super country? By flesh and blood? No. They are very spiritual people. America was a spiritual country until they deviated and decided to walk away from their spirituality to become carnal. And they are falling apart speedily. They are falling apart speedily because they deviated from the spirituality of their fathers and they've resigned from the supernatural leaning and depending on the arm of flesh. And that's why They are a nation that is heading for a disaster because they've walked away from what made them America.
2: Watching there unto, go ahead. With all perseverance and supplication for all saints. For all saints, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We don't
1: pray for other saints. We don't pray for all saints anymore. All our prayers is about us and our immediate family. But God is counting on our prayers. For the good of all believers, domestic and external, home and abroad, everywhere, we are commanded and we are charged to stand in the gap, not just for ourselves and our immediate family, but for every believer across the nations of the world. Lift up your hand. Talk to God. My King. Moyan, Mukons, Musan, Mifan, Luanda Kasin Dibalanda Kusamun, the Ley to Kula Cassin to Kafasi, the Kayanda Casawanta Kalum Bisayan, a Langa Dulum Kusankatai, a K to San Kafandusund. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Put your hands together and give him praise. Are you clapping? That is low energy cloud. Give me high energy. Come with me. Galatians
2: chapter 5 verse 25. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. If we live in the supernatural, let us
1: walk by the supernatural. Tell somebody, live and walk in the supernatural. Tell somebody, live and walk by the supernatural. There are too much carnality in the church. A lot of believers, we walk with our natural senses. Just walk around. God is in control. God is in control. We are sitting there and the enemy is working behind the scenes and swapping people's destinies and changing things. If you don't believe it, check what happened when Jacob went into Egypt. He crossed his hand over Ephraim and Manasseh. And he changed the destiny of the youngest. He placed the youngest over the elder. By crossing of his hands, that is what we call swapping of destiny. And I'll show you how spiritual men, destinies, were swapped by another spiritual man who wasn't a believer and how they did it. Come with me please. To Esther chapter
2: 2, verse 21 to 23. In those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Bigthan and Teresh, of those which kept the door, were rough and sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it unto Esther the queen, and Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name, and when inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out, therefore they were both hung on a tree, and it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. So here was Mediciah
1: sitting at the gates. Those who sit at the gates of families and at the gates of cities and nations determine what comes in and what goes out. They determine the destiny of cities and the destinies of nations. I pray that after today, you will be among those who sit at the gate, at the king's gate. That you'll be among those who sit at the gate of your nation and the gate of your city. If you receive it, put your hands together. Say yes. I said, if you receive it, put your hands together. Say yes. So, Mordecaiah, was among the elders who sat at the king's gate, at the gate of the nation. And while sitting there, he overheard a plot, a mischief, a conspiracy against the king and the then president of the Persian nation or empire. So he went to the queen and he said, Queen Esther, there is a plot. There is a mischief to take the life of the king. Let him know. And he said to Esther, these two guys close to the king, they are conspiring to assassinate the king. Today, in the name of Jesus, any assassination plan and plot against our leaders, the leaders on the political scene, the leaders of our churches and our household, in the name of Jesus, every security breach we intercept and we vanquish as we put our hands together. Pray that prayer right now, in the name of Jesus. We intercept, we vanquish it in the name of Jesus. I can't hear you. Every mischief, every conspiracy against those in authority, the king, the president, all that I know, we intercept. Let it be vanquished, uncovered, revealed, exposed. Make known right now as you put your hands together. In the name of Jesus. Now hear me. But something that bothered me over the years that I made sense of a few years ago was the fact that it was Mordecaiah who saved the life of Kinahazarus? He risked his life to expose and reveal the plot and those who wanted to assassinate the king. And it was written in the books of remembrance that Mordecai saved the life of Kinahazarus from an assassination plot or attempt. Yet, Mordecai was not rewarded. And then, suddenly, from nowhere, came a man by the name of Haman, the Agagite, from the lineage of Amalekai Or Amalek. And this man did nothing for Kinnahasros. But he took the honor of Haman. And the reward that should be given to Haman went to him. Then I saw something and I concluded. And I said, Oh, I see. Herman was a very spiritual man. And he worked with the oracles. He was a diviner. He was a sorcerer. He was a very spiritual man. And he understood that Mordecai had saved the king's life. And that Mordecai was about to be rewarded. And was about to become one of the most powerful individuals in the entire nations and kingdoms of Persia under King Ahasuerus. So he consulted his oracles, cast spells on the king, manipulated the king through enchantment and divinations and sorcery and spells. And the king swapped, gave the honor and the reward of Mordecai, who saved his life, to Haman, the other guide who did nothing. And that is what we call foolish errands and vain labor. Somebody say, no more foolish errands. No more foolish errands. I can't hear you. Don't give me that thing. I said, tell me, no more foolish errands. Say, no more vain labor. No more vain labor. Say, no more demonic Exchange exchange. Say, I block any demonic exchange. Put your hands and you say, I block any demonic exchange. I block it. I block it. Block it. Block it. Now, hear me. Look at Esther chapter 3, verse
2: 1. After these things.
1: The After what?
2: These things.
1: What thing? After that, Mordecai had labored and worked so hard to save the life of the king from the assassination plot. He rather, who stood in the gap for the life of the king, delivered the king, preserved the life of the king, he wasn't honored, he wasn't rewarded, and from nowhere came a man who have done nothing for the king, had done nothing for the nation, he rather became the most powerful. In the entire kingdom of Persia, 124 kingdoms spread from Ethiopia to India, and that is how powerful Haman the Agagite became. And I said to myself, Bishop, How did he get here? Who is this man? What did he do to be rewarded this way? What made him so powerful? Why did Mordecai, why was Mordecai forgotten? And Mordecai was disadvantaged to the point that the life of Mordecai was on the line. That this man, having taken the reward of Mordecai, the honor of Mordecai, plotted also the assassination and demise of Mordecai to hang him openly for doing nothing. After he saved the king, the man that manipulated and got Mordecai's reward, decided he was going to use Mordecai's reward to destroy Mordecai. I make a declaration. Let nobody, let nobody use anything that is yours to hurt you. In the name of Jesus... Or to hurt your family, let any satan boomerang, let it boomerang. Put your hands, your command a, a boomerang, a boomerang, a boomerang, a boomerang, a boomerang, in the name of Jesus, a boomerang. Amen. Sit down for a minute. Sit down for a minute. After these things, after that, Mordecai stood in the gap, worked so hard to save the life of the king. And I'm telling you something I've experienced myself in in political circles over the decades in this country. Yeah, I've seen it. Even in the world, in the church, at the marketplace, you see people who work and labor, stand in the gap, sacrifice, go out of their way, do everything to save and to help the king, the system. And from nowhere, will rise and will come People who were never there, who did nothing, and they come in profit and benefit. Then they begin to target those who worked and stood in the gap to destroy them. And that was how Haman got it. Now, read on, I'll show you something.
2: Mm-hmm. After these things, did King H- Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Ahasuerus. After Mordecai had saved the king,
1: the king did not reward Mordecai but rather give Mordecai's reward and honor to Haman, the agagite, who did nothing. I declare from today, you will not plan for somebody else. I said you will not plan for another. You will not build houses for others. You will build and live therein healthy and alive. You will plant in the name of Jesus and you will harvest it. If you believe that, put your hands down and say yes.
2: Now look at it, go ahead. Uh Uh-huh. Hazarus promoted Haman the son of Hamidath the Agagite and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. How can Haman
1: who did nothing be promoted above everyone and he was advanced and his seat was exalted above every other? For what reason? Why was he promoted? Why did he become the most powerful? In 124 nations. Say through the supernatural. Come on, talk to me. Say through the supernatural. Say through spiritual exchange. Say through spiritual exchange. Through the supernatural. I'll show you how supernatural this guy was. He was a very spiritual man. He was no joke. He heard what Mordecai had done. And he knew That because Mordecai had saved the king's life. And the king was the most powerful in those days. That Mordecai was about to be rewarded. And he decided to manipulate the whole thing. Cast a spell on the king and get the king to make the wrong decision. And gave the honor and the place and the power of Mordecai and gave it to Haman. And let me show you how Haman did it. I never caught it. It bothered me a lot. And I said, for many years, how did this man get here after everything Mordecai did? How come Haman rather was rewarded and Mordecai was forgotten?
2: Come with me to Esther 3, 7. In the first month, that is the month Nisan, in the 12th year of Cana Hazarus, they cast pay, that is the lot, before Haman from day to day. and From what? Day to day. From what? Day to day. You see, this is where the problem
1: is with you believers. Why is the enemy is working day to day behind the scenes? Consulting, casting spells, doing all kinds of spiritual exercises. You are relaxing. God is in control. He reveals to redeem. And you are not warring with the prophetic word. You are not doing what is required of you. And the adversary is working. This is what Haman did to become the most powerful in the realm. This was his practice. This was how he got Mordecai's honor and reward. This was how he manipulated the king. And a reward, an honor that should have gone to Mordecai was given to the wrong man because this man was a very spiritual man. He was no joke. He understood that the supernatural controls the natural. He understood what governs the realm. And he said, resolve to logic and philosophy and to carnality. Keep eating seven days a week. I will do what is required supernaturally and I will have the upper hand. He was a very spiritual man. Very spiritual man. And I'll show you why I'm saying this. Because the king woke up the veil was removed. The spell was broken over the king and the king came to himself and he was surprised that he hadn't rewarded Mordecai. He hadn't honored Mordecai. And he had given the reward of Mordecai to somebody who did nothing for him. And that is what happened. This wealth is controlled by the supernatural. It it does. You know, true story about two sisters. The elder sister married a very wealthy man and invited her mother, with her younger sister, to come be with her and help her with her baby. When they went to this country in Europe, she realized after a while that the husband's interest in her was dream, dream. it was going down. So she went to the mother and said, "Mom, I, I don't like what I'm seeing." The mother said, "What is it?" He said, "It looks like my husband is beginning to take interest in my younger sister." And the mother said, "What is wrong with it? He's a very wealthy man. If he likes the two of you, your sisters, at least the money and everything comes to our family. You know how poor we have been, so don't worry about it. If he likes your sister, it's okay." And the other sister, mom, what are you saying? For whatever reason, the mother preferred the younger sister to make it and to be more blessed than the elder sister, and their sisters from the same womb, but she preferred the youngest a while, the man began to eat the food of the younger sister and not the elder sister. And it came to a point where the man asked the elder sister to move out of the house. And kicked her out of the house and kept the younger sister with the mother. And the mother supported the younger sister. When I heard it, I said, this is a supernatural. This is supernatural. Either the younger sister was using something or the mother was using something to push the younger sister and to disadvantage the elder sister. And the man didn't see it. And she lost her marriage to her younger sister. And her mother was in support of it. You are looking at me? You can look at me. And these people were believers. The mother was born again, the two sisters was born again, and the man was also born again. So what happened? He was under a spell. They cast a spell on him. Manipulated him because he was a believer, but he wasn't a spiritual man. He wasn't operating by the supernatural. He was operating by his flesh, by his emotion, by his five senses. He was a carnal Christian a soulless Christian and not a spiritual Christian. He wasn't living and walking by the supernatural. He was walking by his five senses and by his flesh. If I tell you some of the things I know, you will see that this life eh, is not fair. And the enemy don't play fair. When it came to the man of the Gadarenes, he had 6,000 devils embedded in him. One man fighting 6,000 devils. How are you going to survive? You won't survive. 6,000 demons, powerful than flesh and blood, was embedded in one man. When he came to Mary Madeline, seven demons was embedded in one woman. You don't stand a chance. And that is how the enemy plays. He doesn't play fair. And until we stop eating seven days, A week. And waiting for January to come and do some 21 days, which we don't even do it seriously. Because we don't even understand what we're doing. It's become a formality and some spiritual, you know, gimmicks. I am submitting that until further notice, if you want to walk in victory and have dominion and the other upper hand, I submit to you that take two days, in the week, fast and pray until the sun goes down. From the rising of the sun until the sun goes down, don't eat. Can drink water, but no food. And pray. Pray throughout the day. Pray one minute here, five minutes there, two minutes there. Walk in the spirit and force the scriptures. Fire the word. Confront the enemy. Intercept the arrows of darkness. Punch fiery darts destroy strange fires rise up make no mistake it doesn't matter how far your conspiracy has gone it doesn't matter how successful you think you are and how much you are advanced, it's just a matter of time and it shall be overturned. somebody put your hands together and say over 10. come on somebody put your hands together and say over 10. Let it be overturned. Let the tables turn in our favor. Shout yes.
2: Go ahead. From day to day and from month to month. From to the day 12, to day and, and month to month to the twelve
1: months. Till the twelve months, the whole entire year, Amen was working, working behind the scenes, and all we do. It's to fast January, 21 days, 30 days. And we think we've made it. Even if you fast a 100 days in the year, how about the 265 days left? The enemy has all those days to work against you. So what do we do? We begin to live a sustainable spiritual life where you fast. The other day, I finished my two days fast. And I was going to eat another day. And the Spirit said to me, You and the church can't be at the same level. If they are fasting two days in a week, you ought to do three days. You got to do more than them. And the Bible said, And Jesus left them where he was. And he went a little further than the disciples. There he prayed. So the Spirit said, Go a little further. Can't be at the same level with them. And they come and say, your breakfast is ready. And I said, I'm not eating. I'm not eating. These are not the days to eat seven days. These are evil days. If you look at what is going on all around us, the war between Israel and Hamas, the unrest in the Middle East. A few days from now, on the 14th, Liberia is going to their second round. We pray for Liberia. That there will be no violence. After their election. That God will give them a peaceful outcome. Other nations are going through. Other nations are going through. Their elections. And if we just sit down. Hold our peace. A lot will go wrong. If we keep saying God is in control. God is in control. He reveals to redeem. Who told you that nonsense? And spiritual jazz. Spiritual jars. That's all it is. People just go around and, you know, I've been in the law for years and I'm just telling you God is in control. You are, you are a joke. You are a joke. The demons will mock at you. It's time to rise up. Hey! I command the discharge of the captives and as for you as for you by the blood of thy covenant have I brought you out from the pit wherein there is no water I command you to come out I command you to break out by the blood of the covenant break out break out Break out of obscurity. Break out of every captivity. Break out of every imprisonment. Break out of every bondage. Break out. Somebody say, I break out. By the blood of the covenant, I break out. Jesus. Zacharias 9, 11. Zachariah nine, eleven. That is where
2: that scripture is. And we'll move on. Uh-huh. Ask okay. for. Yeah, go ahead. As for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit wherein is no one. Say by the blood
1: of my covenant. Come on, lift up your right hand. Say by the blood of my covenant I break out from every pit. I break out from every imprisonment, bondage and captivity. Say I break out, out, out. Put your hands and say I break out, break out, out, out. I break my children out. I break my loved ones, family, out out. I break this house and my nation out, out, out. I break out from every bondage and captivity. Those in authority in my country, in my nation, by the blood of the covenant. Come on somebody. Push. Hear me. Go back. Go back to Esther
2: chapter 3. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. From day to day and from month to month to the 12th month, that is the month adder. Listen, the enemy is working day after day,
1: week after week, month after month, working by the supernatural behind the scenes to disadvantage us. And all we are doing is walking around. Well, God is in charge. God is going to move. God is not going to move until you move. Nothing changes until you take action. And remember, when action is required for change, indecision hmm? is a crime. And the enemy will not let us take action, he doesn't want us to do what is required and what is sustainable. But if you adopt a new lifestyle of fasting at least twice a week and eating five days in a week, you'll be surprised. You'll see how spiritual you'll become, how spiritual sensitive you'll become. You'll see how things will begin to break around you and change around you and that is how you bring your flesh under that is how you butter this flesh that is how you break this flesh for the oil to flow for out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water the rivers of not it will not flow if you keep eating seven days a week and you don't bring your flesh after and break the flesh down the rivers won't flow Hallelujah. Now, let me show you something. Come with me to Esther chapter 4 and verse 16. Let me show you how Mordecai and Esther they turn the whole conspiracy around and the way they escape. And I will show you how to escape. I will show you how to win. There's a way to win our battle. And it's not through the way we are operating. If we continue that way, We'll be disadvantaged we have to change our strategy tell somebody change your strategy change your strategy adopt a new lifestyle
2: go ahead look at esther 416. go gather together all the jews that are present in shushan and fast ye for me and neither eat nor drink three days night or day i also and my maidens will fast likewise And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. For if I perish, I perish. You see, Esther realized
1: that she was dealing with a spiritual man by the name of Haman the Agagite. She had made her due diligence and she realized that the man I'm dealing with is a spiritual man. And it will take more than beauty or sex or charm to get the king To overturn this decree And she said I must resort to the supernatural And see how she resorted to the supernatural She said Proclaim a fast Across the 124 kingdoms Of Ahasuerus Pray and fast for me day and night She said day and night And I will do the same And after that I will go to the king And by the supernatural I will override and overturn Natural laws Come on, somebody say, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. I'm talking to you. He said, I will override natural laws by the power of the supernatural. Say yes. And that was what happened when she fasted and prayed for three days and three nights with all the Jews. She went in and what was impossible was made possible. Come to me. Come to Esther chapter 5 verse 2
2: and 3. And it was so. When the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court, that she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther, and what is thy request? It shall be be even given given thee to the half of the kingdom. Instead of the king saying, Queen Esther, what do you want?
1: Why have you come here? I have no summoned you. I'm busy. I don't need you. You know what the rules are. You just don't come here because you are my queen. There are rules of engagement. What do you want? Why are you dangering your life? He didn't say that. Because she resorted to the supernatural, she had favor. And the king said, you can have more than favor. To the half of the kingdom... I will give you, ask anything you want. It shall be done. That is what happened. Favor don't just come on a silver platter. It comes when we resolve to the supernatural. Somebody scream the supernatural. I can't hear you. Somebody say the supernatural. Somebody scream the supernatural. The supernatural. Say it, say it again, say it again. Somebody get up and scream the supernatural and sit down. Say it again. Sit down. Now, now, look at, look at Esther, chapter 6, verse 1. Look at what happened when Esther resorted to the supernatural with Mordecai. Because before this time, they weren't in fasting. They weren't in fasting and praying. They were just relaxing in Zion. They are taking a lot for granted because they were the chosen people. They were at ease in Zion. And that was how the enemy came in and manipulated the king, and there was a spiritual exchange. But when they fasted and they prayed and resorted to the supernatural, the conspiracy of Haman was overturned. The whole thing was turned around. The tables was turned around. What was meant for evil was turned into good. I prophesy by the blood of the covenant that whatever they have planned for evil, it will turn for our good. I prophesy that the tables are turning in our favor. By the blood of the covenant. If you believe it. Put your hands together and say. Turn, 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 turn. Turn. Let the evil turn for good. Let the tables turn in our favor. Come on somebody. Open your mouth. Put your hands together. And resolve to the supernatural. Thank you. Sit down for a minute. Look at something.
2: On that night. Could not the king sleep. So here, the king couldn't sleep. He had insomnia. Yeah.
1: Esther and Mordecai, their fastings and their prayer, troubled the king. He was very troubled. He normally went to bed and he slept. This time, his sleep was taken. There was this restlessness, uneasiness. Something was disturbing his sleep in his mind. And hear me, this guy
2: was a very spiritual man also. Look at what he did when he couldn't sleep. Read it, look at it. And he commanded to bring the book of the records of the chronicles. Uh-huh. And, the, and they were read before the king. Uh-huh. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bithana and Thurish, two of the king's chamberlains the keeper of the door, who sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. And the king said, what honor and now, dignity. Now, now, before we
1: go ahead, watch this. Look at this. The king didn't say call my physicians. He had a bad doctors in town. He didn't say call me my sleep doctor or my pain doctor or my surgeon. He didn't say call me any of my doctors, my psychiatrists. He didn't say don't. He didn't mention. Sure he said, bring me the book of remembrance. I'm a spiritual man. There's a possibility I owe somebody gratitude or I've done someone wrong. And I want to make sure that I haven't wronged anybody. Spiritual men understand the rules of engagement. He recognized that even though he was a king, if he had wronged somebody, there are serious consequences to that. And being a king doesn't exempt him. So he said, bring me the books of remembrance let me inquire, let me see if I owe anybody gratitude and appreciation if I have mistreated anybody and if I have been right by any, I want to check it when he checked the books, he realized that the man saved his life from assassination and the man wasn't honored and that nothing was done for Mordecai and the king said, how? how can this be? how can Mordecai saved my life, stood in the gap, prayed for me, interceded for me, saved me, and nothing has been done for him. And somebody from nowhere, by the name of Haman the Agagite, had come on the scene, and through my own decree and my own hand, received the reward of Mordecai, we have to change the rules. The king said, this is not right. It's not right. I owe Mordecai gratitude. I pray for you today that after this service, between now and the end of the year, that anyone that owes you appreciation and gratitude and honor and reward in the name of Jesus will do right by you in the name of Jesus. Put your hands together if you believe and say yes. Come on, come on, talk to me, say
2: yes. Go ahead. And the king said, what honor and dignity have been done to Mordecai for this? For and- so, so no honor. No reward, no dignity. That
1: is what we call foolish errors. You work for nothing. We call it vain labor, the Midianite curse. Well, you labor in vain, you work to make others rich and to better the life of others. But you are left without a reward. Today, let that curse be broken. (laughs) Today, let that cycle be broken. Somebody say, I'm a curse breaker. I'm a curse breaker. Say, I'm a curse breaker. Say in the name of Jesus, break the cycle. Say break the cycle. Say let the cycle break, break, break. Put your hands together. Say, I break that pattern. I break that pattern. Break that cycle. Break that pattern. Put your hands together.
2: Break it. Now. Sit down for two minutes. Bishop, finish. Then said the king's servant that ministered unto him, there is nothing done for you." You see, nothing. Nothing was done for Mordecai.
1: There's so many people hearing the sound of my voice. You've labored. You've worked hard. And there's no reward. No promotion. Somebody comes from nowhere and they are promoted and they are rewarded. They are favored and you are still there. Sweating, working. Let the curse be broken. Let that order be changed. Let that pattern be changed. No more vain labor. No more foolish errors. Open your mouth and say, No more vain labor. No more foolish errors. Put your hands together and declare, No more. No more. No more vain labor. No more foolish errors. If you believe it, put your hands together. Open your mouth and declare, it. No more foolish errors. No more vain labor. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now look at what. The look at what
2: resulting to the supernatural for three days and three nights dead. Go ahead. And the king said, who is in the court? Uh-huh. Now Haman was come into the outward court of the king's this house. This was the man who took Mordecai's reward by satanic consultation and manipulations. Go ahead. He had come into the outward court of the king's house to speak unto the king. To hang Bodikaya on the gallows that he had. He to pay came to with him. a plan.
1: He came with a plan. After he has taken the man's reward and honor, he now had a plan. That that is not enough. Taking the man's reward wasn't enough. Let me character assassinate him. Let me finish him. Anybody who has meant to finish us, let them be finished. <laughs> Anyone who has meant our lives, let the angel of the Lord strike them in the name of Jesus anyone that have access anyone that have access and is using it to our head and to our demise, let them fall into that very trap hey, hey let them be disadvantaged let their honor be turned into dishonor, let their favor with the king be turned into disfavor Yea, let their defenses depart from them, let them be stripped of their trusted weapon in the name of Jesus, let the evil they have devised for us Come upon them, come upon them, come upon them. Put your hands together, pray that prayer. Amen. He wasn't satisfied, he wasn't satisfied of. Exchanging, swapping Mordecai's honor and reward. That wasn't enough. Do you know people who have taken things that belong to you and they are still not satisfied? They will still want to go out of their way to hurt you after they have disadvantaged you, destroy your reputation, undermine your honor, set things against you, they are still not satisfied. They want your destruction, but they shall be destroyed. (laughs) I said, let them be destroyed. (laughs) Those of you who scheme, who undermine innocent people for material gains, so you can be recognized and you can be in the good books of others. And you know what you are doing is a lie, it's wrong, and your motive is wrong. And yet, you will not stop at any point until you get what you want. You shall be disadvantaged. You will be like chaff before the wind. The angel of the Lord will chase you and let your prayers be turned into abomination. In the name of Jesus, say yes. Say yes. Put your hands, God, give the Lord a shout.
2: Now, go back to Esther. And the king's servant said unto him, "Behold, uh-huh. Haman standeth in the court. Uh-huh. And the king said, "Let him come in. Let him come in." So Haman came in, and the king said unto him, "What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighted to honor? You see, The king just came to himself. The spell was broken.
1: Let the spell break. <laughs> Let the bewitchment be broken. Let the veil be destroyed." The king came to himself. He came to the realization that he owed someone honor that he hadn't rewarded the man that saved his life. So he said, what shall be done for the man that I delight in honoring because he saved my life? And Haman stepped there thinking that the king wants to honor him. That is what God does to diviners. Yeah. To sorcerers. He said, he made their divineness mad. He set the wise backwards. He turns their knowledge into foolishness. Oh Lord, let their wisdom be turned into foolishness. Let their knowledge be turned into foolishness. Let their skills, let their skills be disadvantaged in the name of Jesus.
2: Right. So Haman came in and the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighted to honor? Now, Haman thought in his heart, To whom would the king delight to do honor more than to myself? He had so worked the
1: king through the supernatural and believed that no one has ever before the king like him. He believed that he was the man, that he was the greatest. He had deep pockets, he had influence. He had access. He can get away with anything. You are joking. Make no mistake. It's just a matter of time. just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time and you will know that power belongs to God. It's just a matter of time and you will know that you eh, will be in the mortuary with anyone else. And some stranger who you don't like will come and enjoy all that you have worked for. So keep on acting the way you are acting. And think you are powerful. One of these days, you will know
2: that power has expiry date, and money has expiry date. Go ahead. And Haman answered the king, mm-hmm. "For the man whom the king delighted to honor, mm-hmm. let the royal apparel be brought which the king used to wear." The king's royal apparel. You see, leaders must be careful. Oh.
1: Leaders must be careful. He had his eyes on the king's royal apparel. He wanted what the king had. He wanted the presidency. He wanted what the king has. Look at what he said. Look at
2: what he prescribed. Go ahead. And the horse that the king rideth upon. The, the,
1: he wanted
2: the king's horse. The king's horse. And the crown royal which is set upon his head. The king's crown. The crown of the king's head. You see, leaders, eh? Leaders,
1: leaders need prayer. Because sometimes, leaders, we make a lot of mistakes. We favor people we shouldn't favor. We advance people we shouldn't advance. Here was the man who manipulated the king by the supernatural. He had his eyes on the king's crown. And he wanted to ride on the king's horse. Next thing, if you look at the scriptures carefully, he wanted the king's wife too. Oh yeah, by the time I finish, I'll show you. The king was rough. He went out. When he came back, Haman was kneeling by the king's wife and the king saw him trying to romance the wife. And the king said, Hey! Right in my eyes. At my watch. You want my honey? And the king said, Cover his face. Carry him. Finish him. Sometime, leaders must be very careful because sometimes the people you are against may be those who you need and those you think you need has their eyes on your crown
2: and on your horse that's why we must pray for leaders go ahead and let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble most noble princes, yeah. that they may array a man with whom the king delighted to honor yes, and sir. bring him on horseback through the street of the city uh-huh. and proclaim before him, proclaim thus, before him. thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delighted to honor. Uh-huh. Then the king said to Haman, make haste and take the apparel and the horse, as thou hast said, and do even so to Mordecai the Jew, That sitteth at the king's gate. Let nothing fail of all that thou hast spoken. Hear me? The
1: rules are changing in your favor. Oh, somebody say the rules, the rules, the rules. Say somebody, say, say, let the rules stand. Let the rules change. Say, I command the changing of the rules, the changing of the gas. Say, let the rules change. Let it change and turn, change and turn. In my favor, come on, somebody. Put your hands together, declare it. I can't hear you. Stop looking at your phone. Follow my instructions. This is going to help you. Put your hands together, open your mouth, command the rules to turn in your favor. This week, between now and the end of this year, the rules will turn. The laws will turn in your favor. In the name of Jesus. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. You know, I want to give you one scripture. I'll continue Wednesday and Friday and next week Sunday. And I, I want to invite you all from this Coming Monday, tomorrow, 5.30 to 6.30, I'm doing command your week, not your day, your week. You can command your week. Meet me at the Dominion Arena on the green carpet, and I want to teach you how to win. How to win. You know, I was telling them in the first service that this battle, eh, if you are going to win this battle, you have to come to a place where you love God more than the things you love. Abraham, God said to Abraham, lovest thou me? Do you love me more than the son I've given you? Do you love me more than what I've given you? I want you to prove to me that you love me more. And if you can prove that to me, I dare you by oath. I will swear. And what I will do with you? None upon the face of the earth. God has never made an oath to anybody but for Abraham. Say, I swear by myself that in blessing I will bless you. I swear. As Almighty God, as Adonai, I swear by myself that in blessings I will bless you and your seed like the stars of heaven, like the sun of the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gates of your enemy. I will be an enemy to the enemy of it. I will fight them that fight your seed. I am the Lord God Almighty. But first of all, prove to me that you love me and my work more than anything else. And if you can prove that to me, I will show you that I am God. Look at me. I want to give you one scripture because of time so I can let you go. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 5.30 at the Dominion grounds. Any one of you who wants to and, and listen, trust me. You start fasting two days in a week. You begin to see the changes. You begin to see how things will begin to turn. And whatever was meant for evil, make no mistake. It will be turned for your good. Na luka wahasit sekanda la sata salanda kusum feitu ku wasata lisia idalunda kasimbalwa wasata kan difukun suangada lagi asa.
2: Give me First Samuel seventeen and forty three. I want to show you something. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with stabs? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Now, now, before we go to verse forty-four, look at me.
1: David fought a giant, and this giant was no joke. He was over nine feet tall, a man of war, not battles, war, skillful, experienced, had an armor, sword, shield. He was no joke. And there were five giants born by a giant in Gath. Five of them. And each one of them had a deity or a god that backed them. They didn't operate by the supernatural. They did not depend, rely on their strength because they were giants. They understood that it was not by might nor by power. They understood that by strength shall no man prevail. So when, when Goliath saw David, as young as David was 17, little shepherd, he looked at David and he said, you know something? David, I'm not taking things for granted. I'm a spiritual man. I know how the rules work. I know how the law operates. I am not going to depend on the arm of flesh. I am not coming to you by strength nor by power. First of all, I will resolve to the supernatural. And the Bible said, the first things he did was to refer to the gods of the Philistines and then he pronounced a curse on David. And a curse is to disadvantage you and cause you to fail and cause you not to be able to function to your maximized potential, to limit you, restrict you, and to set you back. And when He did that. Look at the next thing he did. After he resorted to the supernatural.
2: Look at verse 44. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. You see? So before he predicted the outcome of the battle, the first thing he did
1: was to resort to the supernatural. And you, you are walking there, talking about how smart you are, how intelligent you are. You've been to... London School of Economics, you've been to Yale, you've been to Princeton and Cambridge and Oxford and Harvard, you're a joke. You think demons care about those things? You think the devil cares about all those things? He controls, he rules all those things. He's afraid of spiritual people. And after Goliath had referred to the supernatural, he now came on David and said, David, let me tell you the outcome of the battle. Let me tell you what shall become of you. And David said, Goliath, Make no mistake.
2: I know how these things work. Look at David's response, Verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Look at verse 46. This day, will the Lord deliver you into my hand. You, you see, you
1: see how David, David didn't say this day will the Lord deliver you. He said, Goliath, you want, you want to talk about the supernatural. You want to refer to the supernatural. I will show you that I understand how these things work. I understand how the supernatural operates. You've taken the battle from the natural to the supernatural by referring to the deities of the Philistines, I understand how these things work so david said goliath let it be so the supernatural versus the supernatural let it be the the battle of the gods he said now this fight is taken from the realms of the natural i am changing the gear from the natural to the supernatural let it be the battle of the gods he said now this fight you made a decree you made the declaration I am meeting you at that same level. Now the fight is no more in the natural. It's out of your hands and it's out of my hands. Let the battle be between your God and the gods of the armies of Israel. And when David, when David was through, he said now, let me predict the outcome. I will tell you what the outcome will be. Listen to the outcome now. He said, this day uh-huh. will the Lord deliver
2: thee into my hand." He didn't say
1: this day, I will strike you. Uh-uh. He didn't say this day, I will, I will. He said, the Lord. The Lord. The Lord of hosts. He summons God. He invokes God. He compels Yahweh. The God of the armies of Israel. He compels Adonai to step into the equation. She said, God,
2: this battle is yours. It's not mine. Go ahead. The Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. He said, he said,
1: my God, whom you have defiled and has thrown a challenge to, will deliver you into my hands. And when he's finished with you and deliver you into my hands, I will finish the rest of the work. And I will show you where power lies. Go
2: ahead. I will smite thee, I will take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines Uh this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. He didn't say that all
1: the earth may know that there is a man of God that there is a prophet. He didn't say that all the earth may know how powerful I am or how anointed I am. He said all the earth will know that there is a God. There is a God. Goliath cursed him by the gods of the Philistines and David said, there is a God above all gods. Come on, put your hands together. Are you clapping?
0: We know. You are blessed by that word of God and look forward to you joining the messages of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams again. For more information on our events, books, and messages, please visit NDW Ministries online at www.ndwministries.org or call our offices on plus one eight seven seven three, six, one, five, one, one, one. Once again, thank you for joining the Archbishop today. And may you continue to experience the life transforming power of God's blessings.